Being an American, I sometimes forget that the United States is actually a really young country. And this was especially apparent when I was in t- Tokyo with Ken. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Travel Talk podcast. My name's Melissa, and I interview expats and locals from cool and interesting places. For today's episode, I interviewed Ken in Tokyo, and he had a chance to share a lot about the city, what he recommends, where to find some great food. But we also talked a little bit about Kyoto. And again, what's really cool here is that the city just has so much history. I'm really excited to share this with you. I hope you have fun. Let's get started. Welcome. I'm here with Ken and Michi here in Tokyo. Um, Ken, how about you tell us where we are or set the tone? Where, where are we right now in Tokyo? We're, uh, we are here at the lounge of Mandarin Oriental Tokyo, the most, one of the most fabulous hotel to stay in central Tokyo. 38th floor. Uh, yeah. So there's uh, a few people having cocktails, a few people having coffees around us, um, and we're just admiring the views. Have you had a chance to see the cherry blossoms? Oh, yeah. You came the, at the really good timing right now. Tokyo has a free-bloomed cherry blossoms, and people are out everywhere. Most of the people going to Imperial Place in the central Tokyo, and that, this is the best timing to go to see the cherry blossoms. It's the pilgrimage to the palace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just the whole city's pink. Yeah. And there's also a Ueno Park, which is also really famous for the tourists and Japanese people. So in Japan, people do hanami, which is drinking under the tree, looking at the cherry blossoms, enjoying the scenery with the drinking beers outside. In Japan, people can drink outside, and so this, that is going to be a really good experience. I love that. <laughs> I was just in um, the gardens in... Um, Shinjuku, and all the cherry blossoms were in bloom, and everybody had picnics, and it was families and young people. And I'm like, is this is this a routine? And I didn't. Now that you're talking about the tea and the beer, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know that now is a really great time to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love your advice. I'm here for a little bit. What do you recommend? Um, you probably get this question from a lot of your friends. And what you what 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 should I see when I'm in Japan? Maybe uh, if you got that some days off to come to Japan, then I highly recommend you to go, not only go to Tokyo, but also to Kyoto as well, and also to Hot Springs. Because uh, Kyoto has been really a uh, traditional city and has been a capital of Japan for a long time, more than 1,000 years. And also Hot Springs, uh, because Japan... Is a volcanic uh, country, and uh, our spirits and like minds are strongly connected with hot springs. So you can feel and enjoy the Japanese tradition with hot springs. Get the most out of the volcanic nature. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, is are the hot springs really popular because um, it gets so cold up here in, in Japan, or do you, like why why is there this draw for the hot springs? Maybe not only just it becomes cold in the winter, but we also go to the hot springs in summer, and we mostly go there for getting relaxation, and yeah, for families to have fun, 
for like one or two days in the re- yeah, recreational place. It's a family thing. Yeah, family, couples, any, any people. And even for elderly to get some treatment from the hot springs because many people say that hot springs has some medicational like, effects, effects. So, yeah, also they're going to stay there for like, for like some weeks to get, a, to get treated. Are the hot springs far from Tokyo? Like, we're here at the Mandarin now. Could I possibly just bail on work and go there tomorrow? For sure, yeah. It's only like one or two hours. The most convenient one is in Hakone. Hakone is um, one, one to two, yeah, two hours trip from here. And the quality of hot spring is amazing. So if I was going to go, mm-hmm. how could I get the most out of this? Do I block an entire day and just spend all day at the hot springs? Or is this something that after I've been in the hot spring for a couple hours, I'm good? So most of the cases, there's some like tiny museums, cute like museums, like, um, for example, um, like tiny galleries and or some galleries and museums around the hot springs. This is also good for them to see uh, there. Or, yeah, having a, even if you have having an entire day at the hot springs, you can enjoy the scenery in the hot spring. So usually when I go to hot spring, I get to hot spring at least three times. One, after, uh, one before the dinner, then after the dinner, and in the morning. So... If you get there around 3 o'clock, that's perfect timing. Then you're going to go to the hospital first and then have a really good dinner at the Ryokan, the Japanese-style hotel. And then before the sleep, yeah, you can also go to the hospital again. And then in the morning, you're going to see really different view from the, the open-air hot springs. At night, you're going to see a lot of stars, but in the morning, you're going to see uh, really good scenery from the the hospital. So you can leave the cement jungle of Tokyo and have a chance to see the green and the wilderness of, of Japan. Exactly. I love that. Um, that totally makes sense. I sometimes forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a, that's a great opportunity. I love the idea of just going after lunch, staying at the hot springs, grabbing a dinner, staying the night, maybe the hot spring again in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, I know that Hakone is in between Tokyo and Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Would this be something where you start in Tokyo, maybe go to Hakone, then go to Kyoto? Mm-hmm. How are the traditional houses in Kyoto different than maybe the traditional houses I see in t- mm-hmm. in Tokyo? Tokyo is entirely new city. It has been created after 1800. Then Kyoto started around 700 or something. 700? Yeah. I love that Tokyo is considered a new city. That's how most cities are born in the United <laughs> States. Like, the timelines are so different. Yeah, yeah. 700? 700. So you can even see some temples built in that age. So it's been completely different. Also for the heights... So the, most of the new buildings have to be lower than certain heights, and they have to have certain colors to protect the, pro, to protect the scenery. 
So how why why is there a height restriction? Because uh, if there's a big buildings, then the scenery is gonna be like Tokyo, and Kyoto people are proud of being Kyoto way. So yeah, they don't need any high buildings. So what you're telling me is Kyoto's almost、um, preserved in time a little bit.、Mm-hmm. So if I want to capture that historical element of Japan,、mm-hmm. Kyoto is critical because Tokyo is the more younger, modernized version, relatively. Exactly. Yeah.、Um, you probably get a lot of people asking you for recommendations on Japan. Like, what are the most common questions you get? Or if you were in my shoes. Thinking about Japan for the first time, what are what are things that maybe I might miss as an American? Maybe many people think that Tokyo is like Shibuya, the most busiest town, like very crowded in pop culture is there, and like yeah, that is one aspect of Tokyo, and I I also like the Shibuya style of Tokyo, but also this quiet. And peaceful, like really traditional scene as well, even in Tokyo. So I hope that the people can also see completely different scenery in Tokyo. I was here yesterday. I did, I did hit up Shibuya, <laughs> and then I stopped off at the temple in the garden near Shibuya, near Harajuku,、mm-hmm. um, and I noticed there were Japanese tourists there. And I, I thought,、oh, I'm like, they're coming to Tokyo as a tourist. I'm like, what are they doing that I am not? <laughs> yeah,、uh, that should be Meiji Jingu. That is also <laughs> newly built uh, shrine, uh, built back in 150 years ago. And yeah, that,、um, and that place is like like a oasis for the Japanese people walking in Tokyo. And there's some spots like that. One is in Hibiya, Hibiya Park, and the other is Shinjuku Gyoen. That you might have been there yesterday. That, that's the one with the cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah that's the one.、Um, why? Why is it an oasis? What do you mean by an oasis for the for the people here? As you have seen, like there's so many tall buildings, and only things you can see is. Buildings and the people in basically Tokyo, but there's some places intentionally kept green and forget about daily like daily life, daily busy life, and so yeah, we love to go there.、Oh. Um, I, I love that point. So I'm originally from a really rural town. I grew up、mm. with woods and、um, unbuilt lots around my house, and.、Um, When I was walking towards the temple, it's quite a trek.、Mm-hmm. You, I really felt lost. Like you couldn't see a building, and it felt like you were miles away, even though it was probably just you know a few few thousand feet.、Um, yeah, I, you you do you do feel encapsulated in nature. That now that you mention it, I think there was a bit of a relaxing element that I didn't、mm-hmm. even recognize that、mm-hmm. might have happened. Exactly.、Mm-hmm. Do most locals like? Is that like a weekend thing?、Um, when you're busy with after your long work day, you Maybe go on the weekend out to the temple as a way to escape. Is that like a routine that someone might do? Exactly. Yeah. So when I lived in Ueno area, there's a big park called Ueno Park, which is also famous for cherry blossoms. And my weekend 
thing is to go to Ueno Park and go around the park and sometimes go to museums there. And also, when I get out from the park, there's a big uh, old traditional shopping town called uh, Ameya Yokocho, and which is also good for tourists to see the Japanese, like, very traditional, like, tiny shops lining up and saying, like, their fish and, like, many Japanese things. So that's really good to visit. I love that. Um, I think everyone can visualize that, you know, the, 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 the little list of the small little shops all lined up, like, um, yep. like dominoes. <laughs> exactly. Um, I know when I... I've been to Japan once. It was in 2009, I think. And um, I did a lot of the touristy stuff, touristy stuff, Shibuya. I think I even went to Disneyland. Mm. Um, but I also stopped by the fish markets. Is the fish market something that has been, is that is super touristy, or is that still like a local authentic thing that people still do? Yeah, some people do that. So I wouldn't say that it's completely touristy, but um, and I recommend you to go once. Yeah, that's a great scene to see like uh maybe you should wake up much earlier like 3 a.m something to actually watch watching them selling the fish like in the auctions yeah yeah exactly yeah i i saw jiro dreams of sushi <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my reference to the fish market <laughs> the sushi there is also amazing yeah um in in the united states when i'm trying to pick restaurants i i rely on yelp Yelp basically determines where I eat. Um, are all the rest? Do you have to know which restaurants are the best restaurants, or could I just go into the sushi place down the street? You know, and can I trust that it'll be delicious? Uh, we usually use a app called Tabelog. Tabelog is like a Yelp, and there's a scoring system, like a star on a Yelp, and that is, I think. We can rely on that. So, if you can hit up uh, the the rating from the tablog, and then you can have a really good recommendation for the restaurants. Do you have to go to these really expensive places like Jiro Dream, that Jiro Dreams of Sushi talks about, or can I get a close enough experience with some of the vendors nearby? That could be different experience. So, if you go to the the really like uh, more than hundred users restaurants, then there's a master of the restaurant and the people are lining up in front of the master and then we're going to have omakase for him. And that is also a really good experience. But um, that is not the like usual price for us. Like we, we're going to pay maybe at most $30 for the daily dinner for sushi. But yeah, uh, that's a good idea to go to the $100 sushi once. So it's like a special occasion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Um, I went for sushi yesterday, and it was a place where you had to stand and eat the sushi. It was like a standing sushi place. Naturally, I can't multitask, and I spilled everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so unfortunately, that was me. But I'm curious, is that typical? Is that like a very standard thing? Um, I'd love your thoughts if that's, you know, a normal experience. Standing bar, like a um, standing sushi bar? Standing soba bar. There's a lot of standing thing in Japan, and sushi has been invented like 200 years ago as a instant dish, instant like food. So yeah, sushi as a like 
fast food is really has been common. I love that you call sushi fast food. In the U.S., we it's such a, there's such a like how do you say like、um, you know ritual and process around it. You、mm. know, it's it's a glamour. Most of the time, when you're getting really good sushi, it's such a glamorous thing.、Mm. Um, how else does sushi compare in the United States different than the sushi you get here? Sushi in the United States is yeah, as you said, like.、Uh, We're gonna have that in a special occasions, and there's not. Yeah, I haven't seen fast food sushi. Sometimes, yeah, we have some in Los Angeles, but still not that common. But in Japan, yeah, even the cheap sushi tastes okay. I usually pay less than less than ten dollars for a dinner. That's okay, and also you you're gonna see. Sometimes we have to wait more than、uh, more than an hour because many families are going to have like rotating sushi, like、uh, only one dollar for plates.、And、that is a really like daily life. The conveyor belt sushi. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I- I've seen those. Those are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to all this food. I'm eating all this food. I'm checking out the temples and the shrines.、Mm-hmm. I'm checking out the cherry blossoms.、Mm. What else do you recommend for me while I'm in Tokyo? There's a lot of karaoke here in Tokyo, so if you are with your friend or if you like to sing, then yeah, that's a different. You should definitely go there. You're gonna have really high-tech karaoke machines showing like videos and stuff. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. Do I have to know Japanese to do that? Ah,、uh, there's some English songs as well. So yeah, you shouldn't be troubled.、Hmm. Spice Girls is always there, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Then I'm set. <laughs> <laughs>、um, what else do you recommend? Like, I, I love coming for the experience. Like, if I want to experience Tokyo and and、um, embrace Tokyo,、mm-hmm. what 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 well, what else should I be doing? I personally love Japanese whiskeys,、yeah. and that that is becoming really great. Like. Move like、uh, many Japanese whiskey makers are trying to make it more, bit、uh, more good whiskeys. And right now, I'm looking at the lineups of the whiskeys also here, here the, at the bar, at the bar, <laughs> and yeah, and in Roppongi or Shinjuku, there's some、uh, bars with really good whiskeys. So after having a really nice dinner, then crawling. The bars in Tokyo is also a good idea, and sometimes、uh, the bar I frequent is in、um, Diamond, and the 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 master of the bar speaking English. So sometimes, if you get a luck, you can talk with the the guests there. The, yeah,、um, that's awesome. Actually, one of my friends before I left on this trip was like, "Bring back Japanese whiskey."、Mm. Like, it's definitely developing a global appeal for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly.、Um, we're almost at time. If there's one takeaway you want our listeners to capture about Japan, what would that be? One takeaway will be contrast. So Japan is like a bit unique about having a contrast of the people. So Tokyo and Kyoto is completely different in terms of culture. 
and people and also scenery and experience. So if you go to both of the cities, then you can see the really good contrast between the cities. And about Tokyo as well. So if you are going, if you are going to Shibuya and robot restaurants, this is like hmm, maybe most excited side of Tokyo. Also in Roppongi, you're going to have really nice nightclubs, and that's going to be fun. But also, if you're going to, if you are going there at night, then I recommend to recommend you to go to the traditional places in Tokyo at, in the daytime. Like Asakusa, which is a really famous、uh, old temple, and you, you also, you're gonna see many tiny shops again、um, lining up. Lots of artisans, right?、Mm-hmm. A lot of artists, Art, like artists, like people making things and. In front of me,、uh, yeah.、Um, in in tiny shops, yeah. So that's gonna be fun. In yeah. And Weno again,、uh, there's a, that is a traditional town. So, most of the cases, western side of Tokyo is more exciting places, location, and then eastern side is more, more relaxing or like traditional、uh, place. So, you can enjoy the contrast of the town. A little bit more spiritual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So,、um, I love this. It's like there's a spectrum in both from Yeah, cement jungle to real jungle and outdoors with Tokyo and、um, Hakone.、Mm-hmm. But then I love the spectrum of、um, the cities.、Yeah. Like if you're going to Tokyo, that's not necessarily all of Japan.、Mm. So it's worth stepping out and at least seeing a little bit more. I love that. I think that's a great point. Please come visit Tokyo and Kyoto and Japan. You're going to have a really good time. And, and Hakone, the hot springs.、Ah, as well, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Relaxing and have fun. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining, Ken. And for all you listeners out there, the podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. Please tune in, share, subscribe, and comment. For our next episode, we'll be talking about Shanghai with Xi'an. Please tune in.